0: First reading of scripture this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10, found in the Pew Bible on page 181. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see, we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Our second reading is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter four, verses 35 through 41, found on page 39 in the New Testament. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, I had great plans for this message to you today started out last week breaking it up into two parts, a kind of clever little title, I thought. Change Ringing, Part 1 and Part 2. You remember that I talked to you about that kind of handbell ringing that makes music out of chaos. The change ringing. And suggested that maybe we ought to think of our lives in Jesus Christ, as gaining that ability to take the changes that come our way and make music out of it. That's still a worthy message and one I hope that you heard. The other part of the scriptures for today, and I've I've put... um, my colleague John Hudula at a disadvantage here because I have jumped ahead a week in the lectionary and he's preaching next week. And John, if you're a lectionary preacher, you have a challenge before you now. I don't think the congregation will mind if you turn to the same scripture and dig into it in a different way. But I wanted this, this passage from 2 Corinthians especially... And that declaration that this is the acceptable day. The time. Now is the time as the choir has, there is a time as the choir has sung for us. I wanted you to hear that once again. Because there's so much in our lives, so many times in our lives when we are hesitant I'll get to it. There'll be a day, but not now. I don't know about you. Maybe you've not been caught in that, but I've been caught in that for most of my life. There's always some reason why. You know that I have been closely acquainted with death this past year. cannot repeat enough times how grateful I am to you for your compassion and understanding. How grateful I am to John for stepping in as the interim, allowing me to care for Terry. And that experience, not an uncommon experience, one remarkably common in people's lives. That experience is both personal in terms of the adjustments I need to make and the learnings that come from it, the personal learnings that come from it, but also it goes beyond just what happened to me toward a vision, a kind of change in the way that I look at things and it occurred to me this week that that is not the only only death that has had a profound effect upon me I told you a couple of weeks ago about the death of Matthew Hazelwood the, this, this extremely gifted and joyful conductor who, who stood before us and prepared the Great Lakes Chamber Orchestra and Chorus as we sang Messiah on the 16th of December up in Petoskey while I was still recovering from the loss of Terry and living up there trying to get ready to come back here Matthew died suddenly in Bogota, Colombia Working with a youth orchestra was a passion of his life. He was also the director of the Interlochen Arts Academy. And I've never sung under somebody who could prepare an orchestra and a choir with such joy. And after our Messiah performance, I went up to congratulate him. He didn't know me from Adam. I mean, I'd never met him before. And I just was with him for those six weeks of preparation before we sang Messiah. But it was a marvelous, wonderful, capable choir and orchestra all because of his direction. And I went up to him afterward and I thanked him for the experience of singing with that group. And and I said, I kept waiting for you to throw a prima donna conductor tantrum. And you never did. You never did. I'm so used to that when you're... not when you're working with church choirs and things like that although I used to throw a real uh, tantrum for show at choir camp every year. On cue. And the kids all knew it was for show and it was funny. But now I'm so used to that in professional kinds of, of choirs or university settings. That kind of prima donna tantrum. And he just smiled. And he said, it never gets you what you want. He conducted us with such joy. Days ago, I was with my sister after moving in up at Lake Louise, and um, they're friends with with people in the recording business up in Traverse City, and so she gave me two CDs, which is the recording of our performance of Messiah that was broadcast on Interlock and Radio, and I only listened to half of it, but it's great. So here's Michael Hazelwood, and he goes off to his annual trek down to Bogota, Colombia, to create a special orchestra of kids down there who don't get any other chance in their life, and he dies suddenly of a heart attack. But he did it, he really lived his life with great joy. Wasted not a moment. Then the other death that I've been pondering as I prepared for today, um, I don't know him at all, the death of Steve Jobs. The other way I know Steve Jobs is that I love making videos on my iMac, you know? But Steve Jobs knew how sick he was and he said something. I can't get it exactly right. It's a paraphrase that I'm going to offer to you. But he said something like, you know, when you finally accept the reality of your own death, there is a liberation that comes with that. And you quit wasting time on the stuff that doesn't matter. And you get right down to the important stuff. See, now is the acceptable day. Not tomorrow, not next week, not a month from now. Not when I've got everything in order. Not when I've got all my ducks in a row. Now is the acceptable day. So there's the disciples out on that stormy sea fearful of what might happen. And there's that phrase that Jesus uses there with, do you not have faith? And we tend to think of that as, if you have faith, it somehow gives you magical powers. And you can calm the seas. But I don't think that's it at all. Not if you have, if you have not heard anything else That I have said to you in nine years of preaching before you. I pray to God that you've heard this. Faith is not about thinking the right thoughts about God, it's about living with a radical trust in God. It's not magic. It's a tight relationship with God, so that no matter what comes in your life, you can get through it. Because let me tell you, and I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, you can't fix everything in life, but you can go on. I would say to you the same thing I say to the choir camp kids every summer at the Fire Bowl. Same thing I said to our confirmation class. As your pastor, it was never my intention to get you to think the right thoughts about God. It was my intention. To reawaken in you a reconciliation, a connectedness to God in your life, so that you would know you have a place at the table of grace. That's what I believe. I think we argue about all that stuff that's not important at all. And I said to the annual conference Jesus did not come to teach us theology, He came to teach us to love. I mean it. Now I want to remind you of a few things. I want to remind you of the depth of this church and the privilege that it is to serve as your pastor. Lucille Ogden likes to recite the the flow of pastoral leadership over the years. You stand in the same stream of leadership as people like John Hootler and John Grenfell and Dwight Large and Dick Lobb and all of those Paul Blumquist and all of those people that that came before me. Wow. What a privilege. And I would remind you again. But time and time again, this church has seen its way through pastoral transitions and you will do it again because Bill Wright has already told me how excited he is to come and serve as your pastor and I know he's going to bring new things, new ideas, new insights, new gifts. And I know you will embrace him as you embraced me and Terry and our family. It is a transition. Remember last week? I also kept quoting that line from the movie. How many went to see the best exotic marigold hotel after I went and told you about it, okay? We have a saying in India everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. not the end. It's a change. A change for you and a change for me. But what a blessing. What a blessing to have served among you. And what a privilege to hand you over to another capable and devoted pastor who will say to you sometime in the future, What a privilege to have served among you. And what I would tell you is now cast off all of the reasons why you might I once heard a pastor whose title for his sermon was Big (laughs) Butts. I always wished I thought of that. (laughs) Big Butts. And you know what those Butts are. But we've never done it that way before. But we've, we can't possibly do that. We don't have enough money. But this and but that. Those are the big buts that stop the church. And what I would tell you, what I would plead with you is, get rid of them. Now is the acceptable time. Another title I considered for my words to you today faithful abandon live with faithful abandon and don't worry so much about all the detail and I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you now is the day Now is the acceptable time but I have learned in this close encounter with death in this past year is not just personal but is also broader than that. Life is a whale of a lot shorter. So why are we wasting time? Now is the day. Do it now. Cast off the worries. Embrace the moment. Don't wait until it's all together and all the ducks are in a row. And then step out. It is faith that calms the waters. And that is faith that is defined as trust. Have been smoother and it could have been more eloquent, and I might have had a nice manuscript to file away after I prepared for this morning, but I couldn't do it. I simply wanted to stand in front of you and say, Thank you. You are a gift. And there is more ministry in this church than you ever imagined possible. More yet to come. A new leader to carry you on. You have strength. You have devotion. You have talent. You are a blessing to anyone ever appointed your pastor. Embrace it. Get rid of the big butts. And move on into a new day. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to sit down in my seat in the office at Lake Louise come July 1st and every day I'm going to say to myself don't hesitate. Do it now. There's more promise than you can imagine and cast off your fear. Faith. It's not about believing a set of rules. It's about reconciling your heart to God and living out of that. Trusting. It's not about fixing the things that are wrong. It's about living through the things that are wrong, trusting in God's love. I was going to count up how many sermons I've delivered to you, how boring that would be. I sum it up in that message. It's not thinking the right thoughts about God. It's about living in trust of God's love. Thanks be to God.